we feel like the world is coming to an end. So today's episode, right? It, it's one of these things that's in the past. This probably never came across anyone's radar, really, unless you were of a certain size or a certain setup or or whatever. And maybe it's time to revisit it as interest rates and other sort of finance typical factors uh, sort of feel like they're out of our control. So maybe this is a, a route to uh, taking back a bit of control. Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the How to Raise Money podcast with me, Ray McLennan. And it's with me, Nigel T. Best. Ray, I love it. Yet another episode. You can't yet get a- rid of us, folks. Yet but, another. Um, you know, what everyone wants to know is, Ray, how the devil are you? <laughs> Surely, Nigel, we want to know how the devil are you for a change. Immaterial. 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 Nobody's interested. I am in rude health. <laughs> I could run a mile, leap a style, and eat a country pancake, folks. So all is good with me. But Raymondo, how the devil are you? Yeah, yeah. Just um, looking slack-jawed at news, um, uh, <laughs> scratching my head, wondering why, how, what, <laughs> who, <laughs> who, where, what, how. Um, I don't know. I just think our our lords and masters seem to think that we all zip up the back and we're absolute lunatics and we don't really have a clue what's going on. It's just uh, every day I'm just shaking my head and thinking, oh God, you know, anyway, but then, then some people on Tinternet, you know, let you know that the world is truly screwed up (laughs) people's behaviors. It's just bizarre. It's just bizarre. Anyway, people don't come here to get all these woes and woes um, no no i mean it's find out how to raise money they come here to find to get solutions to get answers and in the exactly. last episode we did say to people look reach out get in touch uh hello at how to raise money hello at hdrmoney.co.uk if you've got a challenge uh, one or two have which is great and we will be helping them and and you know you never know once we've got the once we've got the result that they need we might get them on we might wait we might have a I have a guest podcast with a few people that we've helped. That would be good. Yeah. And and Ray, we've got a few guests lined up for those who are thinking um, I need to hear someone else's opinion rather than uh, uh, Waldorf and Stadler uh, right (laughs) here. Um, All we need is the music in the background, but, uh, but there we go. But no, Ray, look, this is, this is serious folks. Um, There are challenges. There always are. Um, and, and we're just here to try and give you maybe a different angle, a different way of thinking about things, maybe a different conversation, maybe something that if you're feeling really challenged over, will help you navigate the perceived troubled waters. Because um, if you look around you, no matter what's going on, someone somewhere is always doing really rather well. And it, the question we should be asking is, what are they doing differently to the rest of us uh, that's enabling them to appear serene and uh, all the rest of it whilst we we feel like the world is coming to an end. So today's episode, right, it, it's one of these things that in the past, this probably never came across anyone's radar, really, unless you were of a certain size or a certain setup or, or whatever. 
And maybe it's time to revisit it as interest rates and other sort of finance typical factors uh, sort of feel like they're out of our control. So maybe this is a, a route to uh, taking back a bit of control. And it is, folks. Have you considered doing equity financing for your how to raise money solution? So, Ray, um, have you ever raised equity finance? I mean, I know you've been involved in a lot of yes. things that have. Yes, the short answer is yes. Um, so just to sort of what is it? Well, debt, debt, equity, two ways of doing things. Uh, debt, obviously borrowing money, uh, whereas equity means selling a stake in your company in the hope of getting some uh, financial backing. Uh, you know, so you're so you're not paying those monthly interest charges. It's it's you know someone becomes a shareholder in your business. Um, yeah, think think Shark equity. Tank, think yeah. Shark Tank, think the um you know, and the UK version of that Dragon's yeah, Den. Dragon's Den. But I hate when they say, "Oh, we're giving away." You're not giving away. You are exchanging. You're going to sell a portion of your company, uh, whether that's ten, fifteen, or twenty percent. Now, again, there are certain uh, amounts you want to be careful of that if you somebody takes more than 20% of the company or 25% of the company there are more obligations on them so quite often a lot of times when someone is looking at equity in a business they're looking at 10 15 20% something like that not necessarily any more than that because if it is any more than that then they will get intricately involved in the business so um that's just and and, and Ray yep. yeah adding to that Obviously, if you give away more than 50%, then you ain't going to be in control necessarily of what goes on. Well, exactly. And you're exchanging now. You're not giving it away, remember? I just said that. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. No, but what I mean by that is you are giving away control with that. Oh, you're giving away control. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So, so be um, Yeah, so debt financing. Let's take a look at that first. Um, so... Yeah, debt finance. Well, again, if you've borrowed money for a mortgage or or anything like that, debt financing, uh, a business is pretty much the same. So uh, the borrower would borrow from um, a bank, a lender, an outside source, and promise to repay the principal amount plus interest, which represents the cost of the money that you originally borrowed. So you then, uh, it's involved in uh, monthly payments, uh, sometimes interest only, sometimes interest and capital. And you might have to put assets as security um, and reassurance. So assets might be, you know, uh, property, uh, first char charges, um, or if it's a business, it could be accounts receivable, insurance equipment, et cetera. Personal guarantees sometimes get gets involved, can get involved in that. So you've got um, lots of different types of debt uh, financing. I think we've got, what have we got? Five listed here, Nigel. I'll do the first couple um, if you want to do the rest. So, um, Debt finance, the most common one would be a bank loan, right? So um can be difficult to obtain, but um they usually have more favorable interest rates than loans from alternative lenders, usually. Uh, and a traditional bank loan, cheapest one being an usually being an overdraft, although overdraft amounts have changed recently. But traditional bank loan, that would be debt financing. You would get that. Then you can get um business loans from uh, various organizations, uh, Federation of Small Business, some, something like that, or there's crowdfunding um, platforms that can do debt financing as well as equity financing. You can get um, merchant cash advances, which is, so a merchant cash advance, if you're using, um, for example, a credit card machine, so you've got a business that does a lot in business and credit cards, then 
we have facilitated in the past where uh, businesses have been given a loan and then each time somebody pays by credit card the the company that's loaned you the money takes a small portion of that and over time the amount gets reduced right down we did we did one a couple of years ago for a guy that was a substantial amount of money and he was delighted after something like a year when he when he got his statement through that it was virtually paid off because he just completely you know it, it was press and play you know shoot and forget you know, he, he tied it all up, but then each time somebody used the credit card, debit card, whatever it was, it took away a very small piece. He was still getting money regularly in the bank, but it was also paying down the loan. So, so that's quite a good way of doing it. Another way of merchant cash advances could be by uh, factoring. Um, you can get, uh, there are lots of companies out there that do fa invoice factoring, for example. So you've submitted some invoices to clients, and as long as the the invoices are genuine, the clients are genuine, the clients have got a history of paying, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can go to an invoice financing company and what they'll do is they'll say, how oh, many invoices have you got out there? You've got a hundred thousand pounds worth of invoices. They might advance you 80 grand on that, something like that. But then they will collect the hundred and they will keep the difference. So it can be quite an expensive way of doing it. But from a cash flow point of view, again, some businesses use it on a temporary basis. Some use it on a very regular basis. You know, if you've got a, a contract with the government and they're horrendous at paying and they take you know 90 120 days to pay then invoice factoring might be quite good there um nigel anything else to add to those types of debt financing that are the most common uh folks you know this could be borrowing from a private lender it could be yeah. borrowing from um you know against any any of the assets so you might have plant and machinery and you could borrow against that and have monthly repayments. Just think of anything that involves um, cash flow. So you're either re receiving a smaller amount or you are making uh, repayments every month on this sort of thing. Um, yep. So it, it's it's the tr traditional stuff. And, and Ray, when we look at those and you look at pros and cons of any sort of financing um, and raising of money, a lot of people like straightforward loans because the person's not involved in running the company. They kind of sit yep. outside of it. And you know, uh, we talk about mortgages at the moment. And one of the issues is people coming off fixed rates. And now they're going on to something where they don't know what it's going to, what the rate's going to be. When it's a fixed rate, when it's a finite amount, you plan around it. You know what your monthly repayments are going to be and you can deal with it. You budget for it. You can cope with it sort of thing. Um, and these things that do that, uh, other pros um, might be that uh, there could be tax efficiencies in there. There could be benefits for doing it. So you might pay for something on a regular amount, but you might be able to, say, offset the entire cost of the asset, um, you know, immediately against tax. Uh, so one of the things in the UK, electric vehicles, they gave you 100 percent uh, first year write off. Um, even though you may yet have to pay for the vehicle, you haven't paid for it. But yeah, benefits of that, it, it's just the fact you know what you're repaying each month and you budget around it is the main one. People understand it as well. It's simple. Um, the downsides though, Ray, I mean, there's there's quite a few, but I, I always think if you've got variable interest rates and recently- Three main ones. Yeah. 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 So one is interest rates. You know, if they change, so does your repayment. So you may be knackered in terms of being able to charge more, but all of a sudden your costs are rocketing. 
So a load yeah. of businesses at the moment are struggling with that. And then uh, what else have we got, Ray? Uh, well, again, usually if you draw down a loan, um, you start making the first payment like a month later. So you've not got an awful lot of run-in unless you've negotiated an extension to that, of course. Some lenders will do that. Some lenders will, will I mean, I've seen uh, property loans where they are debt loans, but the the payments have been deferred for up to 12 months so there's nothing to pay for up to 12 months and then obviously pay after that but usually you'll start making payments the first month after you the loan's been funded which can be a bit challenging if it's a startup um especially if you've not really you know had a decent runway so right yeah. right i mean on, on that one what you can find is you use sometimes the initial loan which should be for longer term investment purposes really using it short-term working capital cash yeah. flow yeah. So you're almost borrowing to pay it straight back because, yeah. you know, the repayments are immediate. But the, the other one, of course, folks, is if it goes wrong, often you've got potential guarantees on it, personal guarantees. So if, if the loans, um, you can't repay them, you default and and you could be dragged into, um, you know, penalties on that. So, yeah, it, it, folks, there's a few things. But what we want to really talk about is, OK, we, we kind of know all that. But let's have a look at equity financing. And um, Ray, you know, what is equity financing when we're talking about that? Well, it's you're really sort of selling a stake in your company to uh, investors who hope to share in the future profits of that particular business. So um, you're not going to have banks doing that. Banks tend not to look at that. So equity financing is really, um, you're looking at sort of uh, angel investors, you're looking at venture capitalists, you're looking at crowdfunding, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and they they are prepared to take on something that's a little bit regarded as a little bit riskier. So um, taking an equity in something, uh, the general sort of rule of thumb with, with investors is, you know, that they know that not every single investment is going to land you know, that they're going to, you know, some of them are going to fall. Some of them are going to give them a return. Some of them are going to just break even. And then there's going to be one or two that will be spectacular. You know, that's the kind of approach that they take. And they never know which one it's going to be. You know, they, they just don't. You don't know where, where the hits are going to come from. They think everything's going to be a hit. Um, and uh, there, there can also be some advantages in equity, in equity um, investment for private individuals through something like enterprise investment scheme in the UK or seed enterprise investment scheme where there can be, you know, serious tax advantages. You can um, reduce cap capital gains tax. And in some cases you pay no capital gains tax on an uplift. So if you put money in, if you put a hundred thousand pounds into a business and you make a million, um, it, it could be capital gains tax free. So the, 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 and that's the government trying to encourage investment into startups and spin outs and so on and just trying to sort of make it slightly more manageable more palatable for investors to get to get involved there um but uh yeah angel investment is, is a good way there are lots of platforms for that um angel investor gets equity or a share in the company or a convertible debt or something like that and generally um with angel investing you've not got that uh shall i say interference you can, you know, with with a with um, a venture capitalist, they will probably want, you know, a seat on the board. They will want to see 
management figures every month they'll want to have some kind of input into the direction of the company you know they'll they'll maybe stop you making decisions they'll maybe make decisions that you don't agree with and so on and so on depending on the stake that they have but generally with angel investors and especially if it's done through crowdfunding um, there's a minimal level of involvement they tend not to interfere they put their money in and then they sit back and and yeah obviously you've got to give them figures and you've got to keep them up to date but they generally don't interfere and don't try and steer the tiller of the company so, but you've got to watch that. It's like with all of these, if you're doing equity investment, it all comes down to the shareholders agreement. Who can do what? What shares have you got? What do those shares give you? What control does it give you? Is it is it shares, you know, do, do the shares call for a dividend, et cetera, et cetera. There's a whole host and you'd have to take your own advice on what is best for you because everyone's different. But you have to have a shareholders agreement with equity investment so that everybody knows exactly what's expected of them especially you if you're borrowing the money and you've got to deliver and there are certain milestones you've got to come up with you've got to you know prove yourself in a certain way if you're going to get if you say in your business plan that you're going to achieve a certain number of customers you've got to achieve those customers and again the equity you're getting may be dependent upon that so it may be that you know let's say you need a million pounds they're not going to give you all that on day one. They might, you might get 300,000 now. And then when you reach that milestone, that target, you can draw down additional money, et cetera, et cetera, until you've drawn down the amount that you've said you're going to draw down. Also, equity investment can work in reverse. And by that, what I mean is, you'll again, if you watch Dragon's Den, Shark Tank, that sort of thing, you'll see that people say, well, I want you know 100,000 for 10% of the business. Um, and quite often, the investors will say, well, it's, it, you know, yeah, that's a bit much. That's a lot of money. So tell you what I'll do. I will give you the 100,000, but I want 80% of the company. And then when you reach those milestones, I will end up with 10%. So I'm taking control of the company until such time as you've achieved everything you've set out to achieve. And then you earn back the the percentage that you you want to end up with. So again, all comes down to the negotiation. It comes down to the heads of terms, and then it comes down to negotiating the shareholders' agreement. So, um, yeah, Ray, Ray, just on that one, uh, do you remember when we went to see and and listen, folks? It's one of the earlier episodes. We went to have a chat with Levi Roots from Reggae Reggae Source and and that yeah. brand, and there was Richard Farley. Who'd Richard Farley, done, yeah, he'd done um, part of this as an investment. He'd got to the point where he said, right, okay you repay me, I give the equity back sort of thing. So that agreement, and he he sort of did that and he got a great return, uh, gave these, you know, traded back the equity, et cetera. And, uh, and, and there you go. So some come in, go out. But I'm thinking that probably, dear listener, you're probably listening to this thinking, okay, what are the chances of me landing a venture capitalist for that two-bed terrace house buy-to-let that I'm thinking of doing down the road? And yeah, you're probably right. They're not going to be interested. This is this is going to be harder. But how about this, folks? Running one by to let, you've got the time, you've got the energy, you want to do it. You've noticed there's a few landlords out there who have portfolios of buy to lets who want to get out. What about if there's someone who has a portfolio of 100 buy to lets and you are then going to somebody looking for an equity finance uh, operation on this, which is essentially, um, you know, not going for one property, but going for a hundred. 
And, you know, has this person got the funds to be able to do that? You manage it, you run it and what have you. This is a way of potentially scaling and, and getting to a much higher level much quicker. And I think it's probably pertinent at this point, Ray, to just sort of talk about the pros and cons of this, because I think one of the biggest pros is you can get a rapid scaling uh, of this. You could, instead of doing one buy to let, you know, with a loan, repay it, and, and you got a 20-year time horizon, this could be the one where you come in, step in, buy, a, buy portfolios, get them running better, release, you know, the value within it, um, and the equity shareholder, you know, who's financed it is going to get a great return. You're going to generate the, the income and maybe you split it, sell it on whatever it is. There's loads of options to do it far quicker than you thought. And the beauty for me on this one, Ray, because we've mentioned it on the debt side, which is that immediate cash flow pressure of having to finance and repay the loan from day one in the majority of cases equity finance this is something that's gonna you know you kicked that repayment <laughs> into the long grass it's down the line you're not having that immediate cash flow pressure uh that can be there's there's many businesses that start up and they start selling and it's great and the sales are high and and what have you and you should easily be able to afford the repayments but the actual collection of the cash is slow and people are holding back and they're not paying. And a lot of people go get into trouble, go bust business ends, not because the business couldn't work, not because they didn't sell things, but they couldn't actually collect the cash quick enough to pay the finance as it fell due. And, yep. you know, a lot of issues come on that. So for me, this is get into something on a maybe a bigger scale without that immediate cash flow pressure, which uh, which could be huge if you're thinking of doing some of these things. I mean, Ray, imagine imagine taking on a hundred mortgages at the moment. Um, ouch! That that at the end of the first month, if you haven't got it rocking and rolling, then you're in trouble. But you might have picked up these hundred houses because there's forty voids, twenty that need a bit of a refurb. But the potential rental income will be two, three times the mortgage repayment. But how the hell are you going to do that in four weeks? And the answer oh, well, is exactly, exactly. You, you you're can't. Not. You're not. You can't. I, we were instrumental with one a couple of weeks ago, and it was a portfolio of about forty houses that was for sale, and the price was good and all this. And I, I again, it was a, a listener who reached out, um, contacted me, and said, "What do you think of this?" And, and I said, well, there's a couple of things you need to check out. First of all, I mean, doing due diligence on 40 properties is a big deal. And, and he said, well, I was just going to look at a few of them. I was going to cherry pick and just go and check a few of them. I said, no, you have to check them all. Um, and he said, oh, well, that's going to take forever. And I went, it's a, this is a big financial commitment. But it turns out the reason that the guy was getting rid of the portfolio to retire is because half of them ha didn't even have energy performance certificates. I mean, they didn't even have them, never mind having a bad one. They didn't even have any. <laughs> They'd ran out because you'd had this portfolio for 20 odd years and just never <laughs> upgraded them. And of course, that is a huge steam train that's coming down the tracks. Um, and you're lying there tied to the rails, screaming and kicking, uh, unless you can get someone to cut that rope and get you out of there. And he was hoping, well, I'll just sell off the portfolio and I'll, you know, I'll make it attractive, et cetera, et cetera. And hopefully no one will notice. 
Um, but, you know, just a very quick due diligence. Take a look at the energy performance certificates. And, and of course, you can do that online. You know, you just get the you just get the postcodes and the numbers and you type it up online. And as he started searching, uh, he said, oh, great. That's five I've looked at. And not one of them has got an EPC. Then when he did find EPCs, they were G and that sort of thing. You know, can't even be rented out. That's the thing. The law is changing so that if you're if you have a property and it doesn't have an energy performance certificate or it has a bad one uh, or a, a lower, you know, uh, it's not A, B, C or D, it's lower. Um, you're not able to rent that out. Now, in some apart from right, right, just to clarify on that. Yep. And unless you can argue the cost of remediation cost, yep. to get it to it is excessive compared so, to not doing so it. And, and the other one is you don't need an EPC on a listed building in the UK or uh, certain types of buildings. So, yeah. You can, so, again, uh, check that out. Yeah, absolutely. Check it out. Check it out, folks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and also purchasing the company, his purchase, the purchase of these properties could be done by buying the SPV that controls the companies. Now, again, there's positives and negatives to that because um, one of the things you must get is what's called warranties and indemnities from the seller that last for about six years to make sure that there's no skeletons in the closet that come out and bite you. Um, so there's all sorts of things to look at. But again, if you're listening to this and you're in the UK and you're thinking, well, I want some help with this, reach out, hello at htrmoney.co.uk. Just fire us an email. We'll put you in touch with someone. Um, no charge, nothing like that. Uh, we'll put you in touch with someone that we think you can that can possibly help you. So, and if you're unsure whether to go for debt and or equity, again, just reach out, just put it in the subject line, debt equity, and then give us your question. Restrict your questions, please, if you can, to to three questions. You know, don't don't send war and peace. If you could just send three questions and a potential positive outcome that you would like to see, and myself and or Nigel will get onto that for you. Yeah. Anything so, else? Have we covered well, everything now? I think we have. Well, just just a, f a few things in there, a couple of extra things, um, folks. It you know the equity finance, uh, we you know. It would be remiss if we said it was a doddle. It was easy. It it's potentially going to be harder. Think think of going to a bank to try and get a loan compared to standing in front of the Dragon's Den or Shark Tank and trying to get equity investment. You, there's going to be a whole different layer of information that they're going to quiz you on and test you on. But folks, this is a great way of accepting feedback on your project. This is a great way of getting feedback as to what, what is going on. Um, have I made a great pitch? Have I done things well? Because think about a bank, here's the property, here's the repayments, here's, here's my income or whatever, here are my means, this is me being able to afford it. And the bank kind of goes yes or no. When it comes down to business or bigger things or something like this for equity financing, you're gonna have a whole different layer of um, you know questioning coming into that equation you've got to know what you're doing uh, we have if you go to the website hdrmoney.co.uk you'll see there there are slides about creating pitch decks and some of the things that you have to put in there um, so is it is it for everyone absolutely not is it suddenly a little bit more intriguing because of the the jump in interest rates yeah probably so is it something that if you've got uh, something that you know it might not cash flow for a year, then you definitely need to look at it because the ability for you to get loans where you don't make repayments for a year, 
uh, are going to be slim or the interest rates are going to be very penal when that happens. Um, I see, you know, you're trying to get a car or a, a van or something and lease it. And you look at the repayments, you go, wow, that's amazing. And then it goes, it's a two year deal and you got to pay 12 months up front. And you go, well, hang on, if I average that out, that that's a rubbish monthly rate. But but this is what you got to do the homework on, folks. Uh, the other thing is obviously rate as well. When people take uh, equity, as you've said, if it is a substantial stake, then they will want to be, um, you know, have their voice heard on the board or in control or or whatever it might be. So to some extent on the equity side of things, you might have lots of benefits, but you may lose a degree of control or, as you say, Ray, the reporting requirements are a damn sight higher. But yeah, I mean, mm. portfolio stuff, Ray, you know, if, if you can get someone to do that, you could go in and take over a poorly performing property portfolio. How many P's is that? And uh, you, you maybe turn it around. And, and it, as I say, if you don't have that mortgage repayment pressure, wow, that gives you a bit of scope to go in and and really get to grips with things um, without feeling that uh, you, you're under the pump of time pressure and, and all the rest of it before the loan defaults. So yep. it could be a good way of getting in to have a look at that. And Ray, what's what's your verdict over the coming months do you think people are going to be uh you know placing more things up for sale and and getting out of it or or what uh yes it's already happening um seeing it happening um the number of uh property auction uh placements has gone up across the country um and that's an indication that people want certainty. When you put a property to auction, you're not putting it on the, you know, you're not putting it to estate agents and, and you know, waiting for a long time. But when you're putting it to a property auction, you want to sell it on a given date and you want to get paid 28 days later. So if you're thinking of selling property auctions, if you're thinking of buying property auctions are quite good as well. And that is starting to go up. So there's there's a, there's a few signs. And again, uh, as people are staring down the barrel of potentially, you know, seeing their mortgages double or even treble, um, people are thinking, well, you know, it's probably time I put my house on the market. It's probably time I downsized. It's probably time we up sticks and moved abroad, et cetera, et cetera. Um, big, big rise in people taking caravans, you know, shortage of caravan sites. But, you know, quite a lot of people selling their property um, buying a caravan and sitting with the cash guy, you know, I was talking to last week was actually complaining about the costs. He was trying to sell a caravan and the caravan site control the sale and take a fee, quite a large fee from the sale price. And he thought that was unfair. But, you know, when I pointed out to him, he'd signed up for their terms and conditions, then that, that was, that was, you know, he'd accepted it. But um, yeah, there are people that are selling bricks and mortar property, buying caravans um, for half, third of the price and keeping the rest in cash because they want that security. You know, they feel that that security is there. But um, always remember, you can only keep £85,000 in the bank under the guarantee scheme, uh, unless, of course, it's with national insurance um, savings and where you can keep a million pounds. But that's another story. Anyway. Yeah. Ray, I know uh, some people have sort of mentioned that occasionally we stray into the kind of conspiracy theory realm and all the rest of it. So I've, I've just got something for you to finish on today. Um, did you hear about those three conspiracy theorists walking into a pub? Now, you're not trying to tell me that's a coincidence, are you? <laughs> 
Yeah. Mm, well, yeah. I'm not. A <laughs> I'm here all I'm week, not, folks. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm more a things aren't adding up, and it's pretty obvious theorist. I think is is what I am. But anyway, la di da. Right there we are. <laughs> Debt versus equity. Um, as ever in a challenging market, there are winners and losers. You want to be one of the winners rather than one of the losers. So if you're listening to this, hopefully you're on the right side. <laughs> I've been Rick McLennan. I'm still Nigel T. Best. We'll see you soon, folks. Cheers. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. The website has all the useful links and underlying research, and you can get downloads of the checklists and other useful information. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is, who has yours?